0: How's it going, everybody? Uh, Andy McCullough from the Kansas City Star here in the Stars podcast studio uh, with Vahe Gregorian for Sports Beat KC, there for you, our podcast. Um, we are here to talk about the World Series between the Kansas City Royals and the New York Mets. Uh, it's the 111th World Series and the first to ever feature either – well, no, it's featured the Mets before and it's featured the Royals, but never at the same time.
1: But at first, first uh – double expansion World is, that, is that right yep i think our blair kirkoff uh locked in on that so we got huh. a theme there yeah
0: yeah that'll well we should uh we should talk to the commissioner selig well, about as, that as we should and even though he was not I'm the time. commissioner oh, that's a show that's a show <laughs> <laughs> even though he was not the commissioner when these two teams came into the league so Vahe, what um what interests you about this series like what is there anything specifically that you
1: uh care about going into this well, I guess uh, it, since David Glass called Daniel Murphy the reincarnation of Babe Ruth, <laughs> or Baby Ruth, as Whitey Herzog would have called him, uh, let's see about that. Uh, you know, that's one little side story. Um, I think, Andy, a lot of the same stories come back uh, into play for us. I mean, I think we're all fascinated. We might not see him till, uh tomorrow. Well, we won't see him till Wednesday, probably, it looks like. But uh, I think we're all fascinated with the X Factor, Johnny Cueto. And, mm-hmm. and um, I don't... I, I tend to think that we know what we're going to get out of Edinson Volquez. Mm -hmm. I still am not sure what we're going to get out of Ventura. Um, I know there's some people on this podcast think that Chris Young ought to be the game one starter. (laughs) Um, And Actually, I I, I tend to find your thinking very logical on these matters. But we'll see Chris Young for sure. You'll see Chris Young
0: almost certainly in game four. Yeah, I mean, obviously the upside with Chris Young is lower than it is with with Cueto or Ventura. Uh, I think the floor is higher. Uh, especially against a team like the Mets, who are not particularly an offensive juggernaut. Um, you know, Young is the sort of guy who can, you know, dissect lineups. I mean, look, the guy, he went into Roger Center, a place where he's not supposed to be able to pitch, in the playoffs, and gave them four and two-thirds of one-run ball. And, look, four and two-thirds of, uh, of one-run ball, it was a two-run ball, I'm trying to remember, two-run
1: ball two, run two runs yeah 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 two runs
0: but you know okay four and two-thirds of two-run ball is look it's not a uh, it's not a quality start it's not even enough for a victory but it's a pretty decent showing and it's it stands up with pretty much everything else that was shown by the starting pitchers save for uh edison volquez in game one um so you know he, he's a reliable guy and i just it, it's the it's so it's crazy that the royals are this deep into the playoffs and this uncertain mm-hmm. about Cueto. um it's just it's uh he, he's kind of the, the critical piece in, like, their whole alignment because I think I think they would probably prefer Ventura to pitch games two and game six, but that would involve pitching Cueto in game three on the road, and they just don't have any confidence in that based on how he pitched in Rogers Center.
1: Yeah, and nor should they. You know, you're making me think of one other element of this, which is, I mean, all right, so the Mets starting pitching looks a little more uh, sturdy, formidable, whatever you want to call it, than the Royals. Will the Royals hit the Mets? They'll put it in play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> I mean, can say that. I mean,
0: that's you know that that's the that's I guess the marquee matchup is the four you know young hard throwing guys against this Royals lineup, which is nine good players. I mean, that's kind of the, the theme that's emerged here is that there's no dominant superstar, there's no one guy having the postseason of his life. Although Alcides Escobar was great last series, Ben Zobras was great last series, but there's been different heroes in every game and and uh, you know if you if you had to you know boil it down I mean the two best hitters on the team all year have been Kane and Hosmer and it was Kane and Hosmer who came through in game six it was Kane and Hosmer who you know had huge hits in game four in Houston you know but you can go up and down the lineup and find guys who've had success so um, you know, the thing is, like, <clears throat> the Mets throw hard, right? That, that's what they do. Uh, they throw velocity, they th- and they have velocity and breaking balls. You know, they're not huge on change-ups. Um, you know, the Royals struggle <laughs> with soft-throwing lefties who work away and throw change-ups. They're not going to see that. They're throwing three-power righties who – you know, overpowered the Cubs, but the Cubs are a swing-and-miss team. You know, they're, they they struggle with velocity. The Royals do not. They're probably the best team in baseball when it comes to hitting, you know, elite velocity because they like fastballs. I mean, you're talking about fastballs in the strike zone. That is exactly <laughs> what the Royals are about. You know, it's the, it's like Alcides Escobar was asked, why do you like swinging at the first pitch? Because because 99% of the time it's a <laughs> fastball for a strike, <laughs> which is true. what you're trying to do, you know, when you are the hitters, like the guys who are on the Royals who are not necessarily um, – you know they don't reduce their zone to one small quadrant. They're they're they're, they're about plate coverage. They're about putting the ball in play. Um, so yeah, I mean I I do feel like the Royals
1: will hit uh, the Mets pitching in this one. Um, something you said made me think of this. It's a little digression, but um, I've been to Shea Stadium, but I've never been to City Field, and I, I don't really know what to expect in the environment there. But I was interested to uh, to to read this. Maybe you already knew this that the Royals outdrew the Mets by a couple hundred thousand this year, um, and so, it, it, the atmospheres don't really matter exactly. I mean, you'd rather have the home field advantage than not. We've talked about that a lot. But city fields, one of the, the new places. Kauffman Stadium, if I'm right, is Kauffman Stadium the third uh, oldest stadium in baseball right now after Wrigley and Fenway? It uh it,
0: it Angels. Might, so it it what, depending be, on what – Dodger Stadium, too. Yeah. So, it, you're, you're, yeah, totally you're, you're totally wrong. Yeah, Dodger Stadium. You're totally wrong. So, it's
1: – one of, the, uh, one of the one, no, old, it's, it's uh, one of the grand old it's one of
0: the older <laughs> parks you know it's had the same name it's been in the same spot i yeah. mean it's you know yeah it's one of the uh, it's one of the more classic parks and it's great it holds up a lot better than uh, some of those other places 100% the facilities are so much nicer um so uh, yeah i mean city field when when i was there you know covering the mets from 10 to 12 was generally a graveyard um Ooh. i always felt like if the team got Good. It would be a great park. It would be a great place to watch a game. I think it it, it looks cool. Um, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, sort of features to it that were unique. Um, you know, I like the I thought the Mo's Zone was interesting. They put in this Pepsi porch a couple years ago that made it easier for them to hit home runs. Um, you know, the park is a uh, the park is basically like a middle finger to David Wright, uh, <laughs> who's like there, who was their best <laughs> player. He's not anymore, but he was when they opened it in 2009, and his um. His power alley is right center field. And at Shea, that was like 375 or 380. And at City Field, like when it first was built, it was like 420 or something. It was just a, he just had all these fly balls die in the warning track. So I, I don't know why I'm digressing like that. But I, uh, I, I always thought it would be a good park. Uh, it's got
1: great food. Um, and it seems like during the playoffs, it's been a pretty, pretty great environment. Um, what, well, let me start with this point. I didn't grow up in New York, but my little brother did. Uh, his name's Dari. He works for the New York Daily News. He covers cops and courts, but he's a just crazy Mets fan. Um, he he's got a dog in this hunt, and you know we're obviously interested observers, but he he's he's a fan, and he, he wants me to sing "Meet the Mets" if uh, if they win. I don't again, not really having a dog in the hunt. I, I I'd like to counter with some sort of humiliating thing for him to sing if they if the Royals win is it a Fetty Wap song what is it that that uh, we ought to throw at
0: him I don't know I mean I could I the the bands I like from Kansas City are like the Get Up Kids and Reggie and the Full Effect and. Uh, like the anniversary, but that, that wouldn't really be embarrassing because those are just good bands, so I, good I don't know.
1: It, well, it, let, let's keep working on this. I think it would probably be too much to ask uh, to have our entire staffs be obligated to, to sing one or the other for the, the winning squad. Yeah, I mean, that strikes me of Homerism because, like, I don't care yeah. who wins, so exactly. I'm not going to sing
0: a song if the Royals lose. Yeah. I'm just going to take vacation. He's gonna take vaca- You're going to take a long vacation. You're going to sleep a lot. I I'm going to take a long walk off a short pier. Well, I hope you don't do that. Oh, is that? That's um, a bad thing, isn't it? I don't yeah, mean that. Yeah, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna jump in a pool, baptized,
1: yeah, you know, a new. Um, what? What? It, but this takes me to another point. Um, they came. My brother and sister in law came out to St. Louis once uh, for a game, and they just started booing for no reason. And it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't even a Mets Cardinals game. It was just. And I, I turned to my sister in law and I was joking with her. I said, "But we we don't really do that here. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, that happens here too. But, but can you in your time here? for your time there is there a differentiation to be had between a Mets fan and a Royals fan? I mean no. I mean people in the
0: Midwest, you know, stereotypically are more polite. Um that's true, but they're also maybe less direct. Uh you know, so which is, <laughs> right. you know, a bit of a downside. Um <laughs> you know, again, I mean I've I've covered the two best Royals seasons in the past 30 years and I covered three just wretched Mets seasons. So the the tone um I think all fans um I don't think I think all fan bases are pretty much the same. There's a couple that are maybe more entitled um, and more uh, self-righteous, uh, and uh, you know maybe I'm thinking if you drive down uh, I-70, <laughs> um, who you'd run into that maybe
1: are a little off-putting. Yeah, Pittsburgh's really that way, isn't it? Uh, down on <laughs> I-70. I, I mean, yeah, it might be. It might yeah, be. Yeah, I, it's I'm it's
0: trying to remember. They talk about their park being heaven or something like that but you know i i yeah i'm stereotyping i'm being a very uh, no pro. but that's what we're all about
1: here, well i mean at, uh, all right
0: st louis fans are you know they're a little bit tougher than most anyway i think uh all sports fans kind of behave in the same way i think and the and there's a certain the type of people who are sending you angry things on twitter or email or however i think there's the same sort of percentage among the fan base like the same like whether it's 10 percent or 25 percent, whatever we think that percentage of sort of irrational uh angry person who uses sports as a way to you know take out their emotions on things rather than communicating about other stuff um I think that's the same for every fan base you know so I mean look Mets fans have been through a lot you know their team is in New York they are in town with the Yankees who are who spend a lot of money every single year um the Mets have essentially been behaving like a small market team for the past five or six seasons because their ownership group was caught up in the Bernie Madoff scandal and basically didn't have any money to, you know, spend, you know. Um, so they have a, the Mets have a smaller payroll than the Royals, you know. The Royals are behaving like a mid-market <laughs> team now after so many years of being called cheap and things like that. So uh, what I'm saying is to be a Mets fan, you know, you have to be a diehard. It hasn't been easy necessarily over the past you know, since 1986. I mean, it's 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 been tough. And, and they're, you know, since 2006, they were in the playoffs, and they haven't been back since now. And 2006 ended in, like, utter heartbreak, you know, losing Game 7 on, a you know, the, uh, an incredible series of curveballs by Adam Wainwright. So there's a similarity there in that, you know, Kansas City fans, to me, like, um, if you really cared about the team, like, at the start of 2014, like, y- you are – you've earned it you know you've been you've sat through a lot of bad right. baseball and obviously there's more royals fans now than there was at the start of 2014 you know there's 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 been a big bandwagon effect and that's fine that's the whole point of the endeavor but like the fans who were in from you know day 1 uh, with Dayton Moore you know the fans who sat through you know the years before that with you know Herc Robinson and and you know all of the you know scouts without cell phones and Ken Harvey you know
1: and and the Buddy Bell thing the, Sam but, always used I love that it, it, don't ever say it can't get worse don't ever say it can't <laughs> get
0: worse you know yeah Buddy Bell like <laughs> it was either Buddy Bell or Tony Pena jumping in the shower to try and like you know rouse the team with his full uniform <laughs> or whatever um you know the the uh the, someone dropping a fly ball because they didn't have sunglasses on and then wearing sunglasses on to the t- – you know, all those sorts of things. Like the, So both teams had a degree of sort of uh, comic ineptitude. Uh, the Mets may be more uh, sinister in that it was like financially related with the Royals. It was just like terrible baseball <laughs> for a long time. So to get to this point, you know, fans have – you know, they've, they've earned it. They haven't – they've sat through a lot of lean years.
1: Well, there's something really interesting in, in – a few different interesting things of what you just said, but one one thing that sticks out to me. And Sam and I were talking about this at the Chiefs game yesterday, because of course we we're talking about the Royals over there. Um, the Royals in this uh, equation are the man. The Royals are the establishment. All of a sudden, <laughs> how bizarre is that? I mean, it, they're the team in back-to-back World Series. Yeah. Um, they're the team that that is higher payroll. Right. They're the team with the higher attendance. <clears throat> yep. um, they've been there before, yada yada. What what does that mean in this configuration? Probably nothing at all in the in the dynamics of the series. It's just kind of interesting uh, to in the overview.
0: Well, if you took if you took out the name Royals and just said you know this is the best team in the American League, they have a hundred and twenty million dollar payroll, they went out and added two stars at the trade deadline, they've had the best record, they won their division by twelve games, you'd be like, wow, this is a juggernaut. And then you slap Kansas City Royals on it, it's like. It's, it's a little weird you know it's it's a little different um but i mean it's it's a sign of what the organization's accomplished you know in when the royals made the james shields trade you know this was what they were hoping for they were hoping that shields would be a transformative figure in franchise history and uh also they got wade davis <laughs> which helped
1: it's funny because um, it's still the james shield it, trade but it the will wade be davis, if, if wade yeah.
0: davis you know his contract runs through 2017 uh I would be curious to see what he can accomplish over the next two seasons if he stays healthy and stays dominant and if the name of the trade changes. Um because he has been uh you know Shields was great for them obviously, you know for two years he he was pitched very well, um you know especially during the regular season and helped change the dynamics of the clubhouse and helped you know sort of provide the players with more you know uh reason to be confident than in than in years past. But I think Davis will I mean, he just has more years to be have an impact here, and and I think you know
1: there, maybe in five years it will be called the Wade Davis trade. Well, you're making me think of other the other trade um, that, that loomed pretty large, and and maybe uh, we're all I'm prone to overstatement, but but I wonder if if Zach Granke hadn't wanted out of Kansas hmm. City, are the Royals here today? Well,
0: I mean, uh, if they didn't get. Um, if they didn't get Escobar and Kane, I mean, yeah, it'd be tough. I mean, there was lots of other deals. I think it was – there was, you know, um, I think there was a – there was talk with the the Washington Nationals that maybe – I think it might have involved, like um, – yeah, I I don't remember. I don't remember. Somebody would have helped.
1: Players who would have <laughs> helped. Good yeah, players yeah. who were on
0: the Nationals. you know, Not Bryce Harper or Steven Strasburg, but good yeah. players on the Nationals who would have helped the Royals at this point in time. Um, but, yeah, to get those two guys um, has been tremendous. I mean, that, that and it solved – Long-standing problems at shortstop um, and and center field. I think Escobar has been about as advertised. He's been pretty good. He's been a pretty good player, you know. Um, uh, Kane has exceeded expectations, and it's kind of unclear what the ceiling might be with Kane, even still, even at twenty-nine. So, um, yeah, it's an incredible trade. Also, they got Jake Odorizzi, who was you know a big part of the package to bring in Shields and Davis. So, yeah, I mean that that trade. that trade was certainly less controversial than the shields trade but it, it probably
1: it i would say maybe definitely had a, a
0: bigger impact on what the, where the team is now
1: picking up queto you know we we've, we've probably scrutinized this a lot of different ways but i i i haven't really talked to you directly about this before seems to me the trade is really not i mean the, the acquisition the trade has really not worked out as anybody right. would have hoped nope um also seems to me it was the right move
0: yeah based I'm, on what they knew Look, you know the team felt like it needed an ace. Uh, they needed an upgrade in the starting rotation, and I think I think everyone agrees that they needed a better pitcher than Jeremy Guthrie. Um, so okay, well where you know where are you going to find one? Who are the options? So Scott Kazmir's on the market. They weren't crazy about Scott Kazmir. He also moved a little bit quicker. I think than people expected, and moved for a little bit less than people expected. Um, but Kazmir did nothing down the stretch for the Astros. He wasn't particularly good. Um, so, who are the options? It's, well, there's David Price and there's Johnny Cueto. I mean, those are the two big guys on the market. The Tigers didn't want a deal when the Royals wanted a deal. You know, the Royals are, are famous for operating a little bit ahead of schedule on certain things. You know, sometimes they sign guys a little early in the offseason. They, you know, they like to, um, you know, they like to just kind of, hey, we're up front. This is what we want. This is what we've got. You know, if you want to make a deal, let's make a deal. And, um, you know, the, the, Tigers didn't want to deal at that point they were still sort of kicking around the pipe dream of contending so price wasn't available so then it comes down to Cueto and you know I think Cueto had the reputation as a number one uh, a legitimate number one Um, you know some scouts would throw a two on him but no one throws a three on him if you look at his numbers he's been fantastic he's been he was considered you know one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball even which is his ability to prevent runs but it's just it hasn't worked out and it's hard to you know he's pitched in big games before um, and he hasn't pitched well in big games and so it's hard as a as a scouting team uh, and as a baseball ops group do you say okay this is a random you know thing or there's an actual issue here and you know what's the big the bigger body of work the, the, the big body of work suggests that Johnny Cueto is an elite pitcher, right? And there's a few isolated incidents. It's like, ah, he dropped the ball in Pittsburgh. That's a little weird, isn't it? Yeah. You know, but but he dropped the ball in Pittsburgh when he was pitching on, like, two or three days rest. He, he volunteered for the ball when uh, Matt Latos backed out of the start. You know, there was no one else to pitch. And he went out there and he gave up, like – Three runs and four innings or something like that. It, you know, so you you can look at it through rose colored glass and be like, hey, look, the guy, you know, cho- you know, asked to pitch on when there wasn't really an alternative and you know, and yeah, he dropped the baseball, but it's not like he gave up ten runs. Okay, fine. But then you see him up close and you see sort of the the, the most interesting thing is just it seems to be the team like different folks on the team. You know, in various levels of, you know, field staff or the front office, just their inability to have a read on him and their inability to understand what's going on, what he's what makes him tick, what gets him to perform best. And it's almost like he really that he really does feel mercenary.
1: Yeah, and, and that's been a problem for the Royals. You had a great line about that in one of your stories about a handshake, differentiating a handshake and a hug, or maybe it was Sam's story. I, I can't remember, know. but that, that that was a point. Like it's a mercenary deal here. It's right. it's cold business. Try to figure that sure. out. Sure, and, and
0: that's fine. You know that's yeah, fine. Sure. I mean that's it's look. You know, is. but it's the sort of thing like um, they wanted him to pitch game one in the playoffs. They wanted him to pitch game one uh, in the uh, in the DS in order to do that at some point during the final month of the year he was going to have to upset his schedule slightly to to pitch on short rest and they offered him all sorts of scenarios and he said no no i feel best when i'm working on regular rest and they said okay well can you pitch on 3 days rest uh on the i think it was like the second to last day of the season or something like that and you know you throw 3 innings and we'll have someone come in and, pick. and he's like no no i don't want to do that so he just didn't want to pitch on short rest and and that's fine you know some guys I mean Cliff Lee never did it and you know I think Jeff Passan's the only person who ever Criticize Cliff Lee, I remember him throwing a fastball at cliff Lee's head in the playoffs a couple of years ago, but but everyone said Cliff Lee was like the ultimate badass, and he he never pitched on short rest, but all this stuff does make you feel like he's less than a warrior does not well it? i i, yeah, I don't get into that yeah. I mean I, you know that's for people in the game to say yeah. I mean you know i am sure i I know there's people in baseball who have that perception
1: yeah
0: uh for me i don't care you know he's throwing a baseball it probably really hurts you know his arm is probably hurting more than he'll let on yeah um, you yeah. know just be there through. Do you, you think know, we're going to hear that about a month from now? I think you might hear that next year. Yeah. I think you might hear that next year. I, You know, he says he's healthy. The Royals say he's healthy. Okay. You talk to plenty of people around the game who believe that he has trouble getting extension on his pitches because he's holding something back. You know, um, there's the, everyone's got a theory. Yeah. Everyone's got a theory, you know, but no one has an answer.
1: Yeah. Um, sort of related, but quick one last uh, aside here did they pull the plug on Danny Duffy too soon or was it was this was this right this was this is what no, they needed to do i think it was what i just yeah I, I i think
0: i think they next year is kind of the year of reckoning for Duffy and whether you got to figure out well i mean it, it, i i don't think so i think it, their logic was he's not going to pitch for us in the playoffs he was not trustworthy he just kept doing the same things he kept doing the same 100 pitches and four and two-thirds innings and five innings giving up two runs and that just doesn't play in October you know that just and so you know they felt he wasn't one of their four best options um you know they they holstered Chris Young for a long time and made it seem like he was never gonna pitch ever again (laughs) and I think he may have thought he was never gonna pitch ever again um so It makes more sense now in the context of they were going, they were, they always maybe, maybe they always, I don't know if this is true or not. I think if Chris Medlin had pitched well, they would have used Chris Medlin in the playoffs, but he's been up and down. Um, I think knowing that they had Young in their back pocket, and that's a huge back pocket. I mean, think about how big your back pocket must be to fit Chris (laughs) Young. Um, But knowing that they had him available and that they trusted him enough to make those starts, you know, it made sense to send Duffy to the bullpen and say, hey, if you can help in the bullpen, you can pitch in the playoffs. Otherwise, you're not going to pitch in the playoffs. So I, I don't know what you do with Danny Duffy. I, I I don't know if there's anything for the Royals to do with Danny Duffy. I think it's sort of up to, to Danny Duffy, you know, to – he's a hard worker. You know, he cares. He's as passionate as anyone. It's just up to him to be able to focus enough on his mechanics yeah. and correct himself in game to – be the sort of pitcher he has the talent to be I mean he throws 95 miles an hour from the left side with two off-speed pitches that are plus pitches you know he should be a good major league starter he has been a good major league starter he made I think 25 starts last year with a 255 ERA I mean he's a he's a good big league pitcher and he has the talent it's just kind of up to him to to harness it
1: well I've enjoyed this. Uh, I will see Andy McCullough at Kauffman <laughs> Stadium, and not see Andy Kauffman at McCullough Stadium. Car-
0: Vahe said that on a on a video. He introduced me as Andy Kauffman, and then when it turned to me, I tried to do an impression of Latka, and it was it was very
1: bad. I really thought it I just went into some surreal. What zone. does Latka sound like? Can you do Latka? Oh, very very good. No, I can't do Latka. Nice I can do. You, that's not your best imitation at all well, either. I, I mean, you've got some good stuff. Hello, huh? Hello. Good.
0: I can do. This is the Jimmy Carter. Hello, I am Jimmy Carter.
1: Well, that's
0: a that's not a good locker.
1: We well, it was good enough for a podcast, not for a not for a uh, video. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good one. I'm trying to think, what else? Wh- who who else did he do impressions of? I know Presley was like the one that brought the house down. That was and that that's still gold. Um, I want to know who else do you do impressions of. The problem is you're not really allowed to do them. You know, for I could do. Oh,
0: I could do, Who could I do an impression of publicly? Um, I can do an impression of Sam, but that's what I'm going to do on my vacation. Boom. Get it?
1: Yeah, I get it. Nailed Which it. Is, uh, Boom. By the way, sometime there will be a video or podcast of, of Andy and Therese, and worlds will collide and explode. But I would p- like
0: to interview Therese about the Chiefs. I watched the first half. I have many questions about the Chiefs. For for example, Why? <laughs>
1: That's, well, there you go. That's, that's a good start. Why? Um, but no, you two guys are, are also great impressionists. So sometime <laughs> uh, we will uh, we'll see that. But I think our our studio uh, uh, yeah, we're running out of time editor here. is telling we, us get out of here and go to the stadium. We gotta go so, to the park. Thanks a lot, Andy. Enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Thanks, bye. And thank you all for listening.